Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Of course, Monica coming at me as the old man yelling at the cloud. Let me you tell you something. In my do. day, the All-Stars hey. played in hey. the playoffs. Listen. Nobody was taking games off. Mike T, one of my first intros to this show was things that old people do. <laughs> Han was my muse <laughs> and my inspiration. So unfair. <laughs> it's so unfair. But it's, it's accurate, I will say I that. I hope I don't resemble that. Uh, I know, right? Like that's- you've been you've been cool, Mike. I haven't heard you go on your old man rant, but if you do, I am going to call you out. Don't you worry. I won't let you be confused. See, that's the thing, though. So that's what Mike Tannenbaum is. He does stay cool. You have to as an executive. I can't imagine, like Mike, when you're an executive, you probably flip out behind closed doors, but publicly, and especially when dealing with players and agents, you can't show that side of you, right? You have to stay un- unemotional, apathy. Yeah, yeah. You try to do your best, um, and certainly. You know, over the course of a couple of decades, I did lose my cool a few times, but nothing good comes out of it. And uh, you try to learn from your experience and, and minimize those. Uh, All right, now I got to minimize the say, times that happens. Now, now that you open that door, a Mike give, t- you don't have to exactly say who, Please. unless you want to, of course. What was the one time you lost it and you realized, like after the fact, like uh, I got to reel this back in? <laughs> there had to have been a. T- you just said you had yeah, them, well, so I- give me one. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, the hard knocks with Darrell Rivas, that, that was a real challenge for uh, several months there with uh, <laughs> Darrell's agents who are good, good agents, tough, hard-nosed guys. And look, Darrell was our best player on a really good team. So that, that was uh, an arduous one for sure. I loved reading in Keyshawn's book how his contract stuff as a rookie with the Jets and how that went. Um, <laughs> waiting to the last minute to get that deal done and you know, that, the back and forth there too. That that. Yeah, that was before me. Right. I, I didn't do his rookie deal, but I did trade him for two first-round picks. <laughs> Which you're very proud to point out. <laughs> That's no hilarious. Doubt. Hey, uh, so <clears throat> the NBA Finals, again, begins tonight. Full coverage. Every game you can hear it right here on ESPN Radio. And again, uh, game one tonight. The coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern. And Chris Paul is not just the star of the Suns and making his first appearance in the Finals, but he's also the president of the Players' Union. And one of the conversations that has gone on social media and of course on all media is how these playoffs just like we were saying last year about the bubble playoffs is there an asterisk that needs to be put on the championship banner because it was a condensed season it started late and there's just so many injuries Giannis missing a playoff game made it 10 all-stars who missed at least one playoff game this year and most of it was injury. Chris Paul was one who missed it because of COVID. So I look at it as it just it's, it's a challenge no matter what. It's always a tough mountain to climb. It's 16 wins you have to get to win that trophy. It's difficult. We can argue whether or not it's harder to win an NBA title than it is to win a Super Bowl. I know that's been a topic as well. But let's just listen to Chris Paul explain to those, including his good friend LeBron James, who have kind of tried to take away – the validity of this year's championship because of all the stars who have been missing. Everything is always a conversation. You know, um, there's a ton of guys on the executive committee who are working hard on things right now as we speak, day in and day out, traveling. Uh, I wish you guys knew all the things that are going on. So decisions that are made as far as playing or not playing, players are always involved in it. You know, injuries are always unfortunate. You know, you hate you hate to have them, but, um, you know, just like when we went to the bubble, everything was discussed as far as the, the, the players and the full body of players, 
you know, everything that's good for this guy and that guy might not be the same for that, for, for that guy. But everything has always been a conversation, and it's going to continue to be that way. So, you know, if people don't like it, then, you know, everybody got the same opportunity to be a part of all these conversations. So, Mike Tannerbaum, with your experience as a, as a team executive, also the one as an agent, can you explain to those who don't know the insides of professional sports how things like this don't happen in a vacuum? And, in fact, players, teams, everybody is involved in decision-making such as, hey, we're going with a 72-game season and we're going to start December 22nd despite the fact that our finals just ended in October. Yeah, Alan, I think Chris Paul just did a great job of explaining. Basically, this is a collectively bargained relationship. So if you're in in an individual team, the Suns, the Clippers, whomever, you just can't say, hey, you know, here's our days off. Here's where we could practice. In the NFL, you have one day off, for example, uh, every seven days. So that's all collectively bargained, meaning that both entities have to agree to it for every team and every player. So I think the way Chris Paul... Uh, explain it was exactly taking it behind the scenes. You're going to have committees. You're going to have votes. Anything that's a mandatory topic, uh, mandatory subject in terms of what you have to do for employment has to be voted on. In the NFL, for example, they just extended the collective bargaining agreement for 10 years. That agreement covers so many things that people don't realize from you know health and benefits to how much players get for reimbursement, second opinions. It's comprehensive. And players have a rightfully very meaningful seat at the table, and nothing can be done unless they sign off on it. Monica, should there be an asterisk on this season don't because of the don't, injuries, don't because of how don't short the season, compact the season don't. was? Mm-mm. I no? don't talk about it. Don't Explain talk. why it should I know we're on a radio show, but I'm not supposed to discuss this. But this is stupid. This but no, no, is absolutely stupid. And you, from the athlete perspective, w- w- Injury, very simple. Injuries are a part of the game. And I think the one thing, I don't know that. LeBron was pushing back on the validity of this championship so much as he was acknowledging the foresight that this is a different He was saying the fans want to see the stars and you can't this year. Correct. But I don't know. I still think LeBron, of all people, would appreciate and respect the validity of a championship. But I understand he has issues with the way that this schedule came down. Listen, there were different reports that the season was supposed to start in January versus December. And I'm not saying that there wasn't a little bit of bamboozling, shall we call it. Well, the players wanted... Wanted Martin Luther King Day. They wanted that right. to be the day. And the league said, the owners said, that will cost way too much money because Christmas Day was always a big day for the networks. Correct. And that they would lose a ton. And the players, of course, Mike, as you know, if the league loses money, the players, the players are losing money. Down, so, so they couldn't do it then. They explained it. They showed the math. And in the end, Chris Paul, leading the players, said, this is what we've got to do, so that, let's do it. That part. Say that last part again. Yeah, yeah. Chris on. Paul let the players know about President it. The players the ended PA, up right. voting mm-hmm. uh-huh. and deciding begrudgingly, okay, we've got to start it here. Okay, but it wasn't as if their hand was forced without them having any say in it, right? right? So this idea that we're going to act like there was no, the players were forced and the owners have carry all this money and blah, blah, blah. <coughs> no, this was agreed upon. The other thing for me, in general, we all have to extend ourselves, our teams, the ownership, the negotiating process, a little bit of grace. No one has lived, at least not I haven't, I don't know about you or anybody you know, Mike T., no one has lived through a pandemic and had to make concessions to still figure out a way to do their job. Right. The bubble was one feat in and of itself. Congratulations to all involved that pulled this off. But we're going to deal with this effect from that bubble season 
not just this season, but next season. So we're going to keep putting asterisks in our history books? Like, what? the entire globe has an asterisk. Okay, let's move on. Let's get past it. <laughs> We've lived with an asterisk for the <laughs> last two years, basically. Mike, do we get back to normal next year, or do we still talk about the after effects now of a condensed season? And how is the NFL – now, this has nothing to do with pandemic. The 17th game – now, an 18-week season, 17 games, that comes this fall. That's something that's been talked about for a while. But I imagine whoever wins the Super Bowl this year, there'll be this discussion of that extra game cost this team and they weren't strong enough to do whatever. Do you, see that, do you see that as whether it be an excuse or a reason that a team could bring up or a player could bring up this year for the NFL? Alan, I'm with Monica. Like, enough with the asterisks. Let's, yeah. let's move on. Mm-hmm. You know, the champions are the champions. You know, last year at Tampa Bay beat Kansas City in a great game, and they're the champions. What's interesting about 17 games, similar to the NBA discussion, is there's give and take, which was the league went to 17 games. The players had to sign off on it. There's one less preseason game. Now, obviously, that's a difference because most veterans don't play in that fourth preseason game anyway. But there's a lot more money, a lot more revenue these collectively bargained relationships are really partnerships. There's going to just be economic allocations. And I'm sure the way the NBA and the NFL handled it was very similar, which was here are the facts. If we start on Christmas day, here's how much more money is in the pot for everybody. If we start with a 17 game regular season, here's how much more money is in the pot for everybody. So when you get into these sort of bigger picture economic discussions, you're really sitting there as partners saying, Hey, if we play less games, there's less money for everybody. So um, I think there's a lot of transparency and goodwill on both sides. That's not to say that there's not a lot of disagreements, which I'm sure there are, and certainly I've been part of those. But at the end of the day, when you're talking about these long-term, complicated relationships, both sides need to get along. And as far as like moving past the pandemic, I'm totally with Monica. <laughs> Let, let's just move on. Like that's ancient history. We've all learned from it. The best team is going to win this year, whoever it is. And they've had to survive a lot of bumps in the road, be it Milwaukee or Phoenix, and they should be congratulated for it. Right, and the best part is, too, is having the fans back in the building. I always say business is like a sandwich. No matter how you flip it, the bread always ends up on top when it comes to the final decision. Dad joke alert. J. Will Zubin coming to you live from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. So how likely is it that one future Hall of Fame quarterback ends up in a new place? Mike's going to give us that answer next. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, ESPN Radio, and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Oh, I got loads of dad jokes. The Packers are still kind of trying to work to find a solution. Green Bay has no leverage. So what if he sits? He'll be fine. If you're Denver, I would think they would be competing with Kansas City to, to win the AFC with Aaron Rodgers. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. So here we go. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Monica McNutt, Mike Tannenbaum joining you this morning. And let's get into... As we haven't even started the 2021 season, but as we know, there's always movement in football. And so Mike Tannenbaum came up with four players that he sees on the move by 2022. Mike T, take it away. Number four. One's easy. Jimmy G. At the end of this season, Jimmy G will no longer be a San Francisco 49er. I think a couple landing spots to him. Denver, maybe Carolina, maybe the Saints, depending on how Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill play out, and the Houston Texans, who obviously there's massive question marks going to twenty, not only 21, but 2022 in terms of who will be their quarterback. Number three. Uh, Brandon Scherf, a very good guard, arguably Washington football team's best player outside of Chase Young, hasn't signed an extension He's a player to me that is is a difference maker. He's under the radar. I think he would become the highest paid offensive lineman until Quentin Nelson signs his extension. Where will he go at the end of the year? The fact that he hasn't signed an extension means to me that his days in Washington in all likelihood are probably numbered. Number two. Stefan Gilmore, the great corner of the New England Patriots. He's had a contract dispute now going into the second year. Last year, they put a Band-Aid on it. Coach Belichick has a history of moving on guys in this situation, be it Lawyer Malloy or Richard Seymour. So the fact that he hasn't signed a new extension to me, I think his days in New England are numbered. Boy, there could be so many teams that would be interested in him. The one team that jumps out is Seattle. Seattle has a good team. They really need another frontline corner. So if Stefan Gilmore doesn't sign an extension in the coming weeks and goes into this year without a new deal, I could see him being a Seahawk in 2022. Number one. Aaron Rodgers. So I think the ultimate compromise to me would be Aaron Rodgers coming back, playing this season, the Green Bay Packers agreeing to shorten his contract, eliminating the last two years of his deal. He plays one more year in Green Bay. That gives him another year to evaluate Jordan Love or figure out do they need to draft another quarterback and at least it eliminates all the noise for this year. And it's not ideal for either side. It's, uh, to me, the ultimate compromise by both the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I'm glad you said that about Aaron Rodgers because this notion, Mike, that they should be under any pressure to try to trade him now at this moment doesn't make <clears throat> sense. And, uh, because I, I don't think you're trading from a position of strength right now. Most teams are settled. 
I don't know if you're going to get draft picks that you don't know where they're going to be depending on the season. So I don't think there's any pressure to do that. But yeah, by by next season, sure. You know, and and if you work it out where you say, okay, hey, we'll we'll trade you, but you still got to play this year out. I, I don't know if even Aaron Rodgers is going to you know even want to do that. But I, I there's a couple of things here before we get back to Aaron Rodgers that that really when you said you, you struck me a couple of times, Jimmy G. You mentioned Carolina. Is that because Sam Darnold is sort of on that, you know, if he doesn't get it, if he doesn't show you something, they're ready to move on already? Well, you know, David Kaplan brought it up earlier in the show about Mafflin signing big extension and then they draft Russell Wilson and the rest is history. They um, exercise the fifth-year option in Sam Darnold's contract, so he is guaranteed for next year. However, if he doesn't play well, Matt Rule – is a coach to me that has had a high standard. He's not going to be married to anybody. And if they feel like Jimmy G is an upgrade over Sam Darnold, which he very well could be, then I certainly think that that's a possibility. I don't think the fact that the Panthers exercise Sam Darnold's fifth-year option means that he's just solidified for the next five years to be the Panther quarterback. Okay, now let's get back to Aaron Rodgers because this is a story, obviously, that just won't go away, but I find it funny how this is being handled. Again, your experience as a guy in the front office, and you talked about times where you tried to keep it cool and the times where you lost your cool. This has been so poorly handled. I thought I think everybody's the bad guy at this point, but I, I do find it entertaining how Aaron Rodgers has tried so hard. Like, let me fix my halo and speak again. And so, as you know, you know he's got the match uh, with he and – uh, and Tom Brady, they're going to uh, play, I guess it's at 5 o'clock today, the match. And so he has been available to media. And he talked about what this whole offseason has been like for him. And listen to how he words this experience right now. Sometimes the loudest person in the room is not the smartest person. Sometimes the loudest person in the room is not the person who has all the facts on their side or the truth on their side. This offseason, I've spent a lot of time working on myself. I think for a long time, mental health has been only an okay topic to broach if you're talking about dealing with bouts of depression. But there's not a lot of conversation around just the idea of having uh, a very positive mental state, mental health state. I've just been really trying to, to think about what puts me in the best frame of mind. Now, Monica, you're all about balance and wellness. Balance you and wellness. always say that, and, and I love that. And he spends most of this quote talking about, you know, wanting to be in the right mental state of mind and working on himself that way. Not that it's depression, but more of just balance and wellness. Balance and wellness. But at the very beginning of that, though, <laughs> it did sound like he still managed to throw a little shade at you know, sometimes the loudest voice in the room is not necessarily the smartest voice in the room. He always seems to have these little digs that seem like they're being aimed directly at Green Bay. But they come from a place of balance and wellness. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> so they are intentional. So passive-aggressive, though. Uh, listen, he said nothing, okay? He did? He, he said, said nothing. nothing. He said balance and wellness. He said nothing. The loudest in the room, the quiet, the silence. All oh, but right, what is that still. All right. All right, so like, you're not buying I'm, in. Mike, are you? did you hear him say anything that would sound like <laughs> a passive-aggressive shot at Green Bay while also discussing mental health? Uh, absolutely. And all he had to do was come out and say, hey, I want to be a Packer or I don't. He didn't say either of those two things. But if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I'm going to the match today, and I'm going to be there and say, hey, we want you to be a Packer. We want to stand shoulder to shoulder with you. We want to work actively to make sure you are in that great state of mind. We have not been perfect. 
we've made mistakes, and let's collectively fix it so you could be happy on the field and off the field. But haven't they done that? Haven't they done that? Haven't like three different visits from three different people? Haven't they tried to get to sit down with him and, and say, what do you want? Let's fix it. And he's letting them know too late. You should have done this years ago and I'm done. You know, Alan, you're asking the wrong guy. I was told for six weeks that Brett Favre would never want to go to the New York Jets. And we kept hearing no, 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 that he lives in Mississippi. He's going to play for John Gruden in Tampa. He played for Gruden in Green Bay. It's a close uh, flight from Mississippi. And we just kept working on it, kept working on it. And for Aaron Rodgers, this is about the future. This is about not the next three years, the next 30 years, your legacy having roads named after you. You start off at junior college. Do you want a Green Bay Packer, Aaron Rodgers, junior college foundation? There's so many things he could do with his legacy that he could only do in Green Bay. So I would be talking about the future, not the past. That The legacy piece is really interesting. That was, that, it I just doesn't to... seem to I, – like, again, when you listen to him talk, and the few times we've, we've heard him most of the time, his availability has been because of promoting this, this, this golf event that he's going to be part of today. But – he, he does keep kind of bringing back this notion, first of all, again, sound like a politician the first time around about how it's about the, you know, the, the, the character and, and the, you know, the people and the culture and all that stuff, which sounds like, again, more attacking at the leadership of the Packers. And then here talking about, uh, again, the loudest voice is not necessarily the smartest voice. You know, little things like that that he's saying that suggests that whatever's going on in Green Bay, I don't want to be part of it anymore. As if he's just not happy there anymore and doesn't want to do it. Mike, you say they just should keep working on him. Even let, Let's say, all right, they get into training camp, he's still not there. It's costing him money every day. He doesn't care. They start out the season with Jordan Love. It looks terrible. Everybody's mad at everybody at that point, right? Do, they, do you keep going back to him saying, you can come back right now. Week four, come back right now. Like, Would you spend the entire season begging him to come back? Yeah, the door's always open because if you ever have to trade Aaron Rodgers, if you're the Packers, it's next spring because wherever you're going to trade him, the lion's share of that compensation is going to be the 2022 draft. So what's the rush? So if if he's mad at me as the Packers, now I'm going to try sort of like plan B, which is just try to tap into his competitiveness. Like if you want to play football this year, it's going to be in Green Bay. Now, Carson Palmer was the only player going back almost two decades where – he sat out the year, and then ultimately Cincinnati traded him to Arizona. But I would really want to talk about legacy and why we want you back. If that doesn't work, okay. If you want to play, this is where you're going to play. And if he sits out the year, then next year in March, we'll, we'll consider trading you. So, oh, right. This, oh like, gosh. tell him, put him on ice. Like, so, okay, mm. we're, like, we're moving on without you. See, I, I feel like, again, that's – and I, I went into the rant yesterday about this. Yes, because you did. That's how I feel about this. I'd, I don't want to give you the out, Aaron. I'm going to have to wear this. You're wearing okay. it, too. We're so, all – we're all. The one thing is funny. They're all working together on destroying the Packers. Okay, like, breathe. Don't like get, no. you, I'm not letting you get out of this and go to Denver and have a great so, season so and look. leave me with the mess. You're going to wear this, too. Okay, all right. Oh, you good? I know you, you get fired up on this one. Okay, good breathe. Now, yeah. now, this would be my thing then, though, Mike. Does this then become Mark Murphy's journal entries to the team <laughs> says that this is the plan? Because if it gets this nasty, I'm now wondering, people feel like Alan Hahn that are legitimate cheeseheads, not just Alan who's sympathizing so well today. 
The court of public opinion then becomes what? Like, does it then get flat out laid out for the fan base? This is what we're doing and why we're not moving him right now and we all just suffered through. Like, what becomes the next, I guess, the best PR move if it gets down to that? Yeah, Monica, it, it comes down to how well Jordan Love plays. That's just the reality of it. Look, yeah. when you have the privilege of these positions of leadership, Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, as Alan just said, you just have to wear it. Like, you're under contract, Aaron. If you want to play football in 2021, it's a Green Bay Packer. If you want to retire, we understand that. And then Matt LaFleur, you get up there, you coach the players that are on the field, and we're going to go week to week. Jordan Love, get ready to go. We trade up in the first round. We believe in you, and away we go. And look, there's going to be casualties on both sides, as Alan alluded to, but I'm with him because really the worst result if you're the Packers isn't losing Aaron Rodgers. It's Losing Aaron Rodgers, seeing him be successful someplace else, and then not being able to win without him. And that's why you have Jordan Love, you play Jordan Love, but you're not in a rush to trade Aaron Rodgers. While he may be kicking and screaming, you're, it's in your best interest. Get through the season and then reassess in March of 2022. Yeah, trading a reigning MVP. What if Jordan is Love is the world way beater? To get fired. What if Jordan Love knocks our <laughs> socks off? We will find out. What if. <laughs> We didn't see any evidence of that, and hey, they certainly hey, don't feel balance, that way. Otherwise, they would have moved on, as Mike would have told us. All right. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Coming up, so one track star's times are not the reason why I think we are impressed with her today, and we'll explain that after Sports Center. able to get it out, and he'll turn the corner on Ruta. He's got a man in front. Ruta gets back. Chance by Caulfield. Anderson scores! Josh Anderson, the overtime hero, and the Canadians are still alive. They win game four, three to two. The call on TSN 690, and yes, the Canadians are still alive, avoiding the sweep in the Stanley Cup Finals. Josh Anderson with the goal. In overtime for the 3-2 win. Tampa now still leads the series three games to one as the series heads back south to Tampa. Montreal, by the way, 4-0 this postseason when facing elimination. They will not go quietly into that good night. Another good stat is that the Lightning are 0-4 in overtime in the playoffs so far. To the NBA, the finals tip off tonight. Giannis Adenikumpo for the Bucks, Listed as doubtful because of knee trouble. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, they have sat for just a combined 22 minutes since Giannis suffered his injury. Coverage of Game 1 tonight begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. To the NFL, where Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, has signed his rookie deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It includes nearly $37 million in total value. He'll receive a signing bonus of over $24 million within 15 days of passing his physical with Lawrence under contract, Jacksonville has now signed six of its nine draft picks. Sports Center brought to you by Mako. There are scratches, there are dents, and unexpected natural events. If life throws you uh-ohs, just say better get Mako and head to Mako.com to get an online estimate today. Now, here's a story, Monica, that yesterday as we were doing the show, getting ready for the show and everything like that, when the show ended, I was driving home and I was like, I cannot believe we didn't 
We didn't talk about this. We missed it. Because this was a story that was later on Friday, so it was, it was after... It was breaking during the show. It was, it was happening kind during? Of yeah, because I remember... Well, actually, she was on the Today, right, she was on the today was like, Show. She was like, yo, she was on the Today Show, because I'm yeah. like, pull that up. Um, okay, are you setting this up, or shall I just go? Shakari Richardson, of course, is mm-hmm. who we're talking about, who is a, a track star for the U.S., who tested positive for cannabis at the Olympic trials last month. And she was a gold medal contender. Contender. She won, she won the 100-meter in 10.86 seconds. And as the story goes, again, this is a, a, it's a rule, obviously. It's a banned substance. I guess, you know, mm-hmm. I, that's the best way to put it. But banned substance. It tested positive for it. So with that, not eligible uh, to run for the U.S. in the Olympics. My reaction right away, like, we're still doing this? Like... You know, with with what we see around the country, especially how more and more states are, are making it legal, that it's it's this is still happening. That's what caught me off guard. This is not about breaking a rule or or, or going against a rule, but I, I do want to say how it was handled by her mm-hmm. is, I think, something we need to talk about. Not not what happened, because as she explained. Her mother had passed away, and how she passed, her, her biological mother passed away, and how she found out was through a reporter in an interview, mm-hmm. and that affected her. Mm-hmm. And her way to cope with that feeling and emotions was to smoke. Mm-hmm. And she handled it so well on the Today Show when she faced the music in a way where she admitted, "This is why," explained why, but didn't use that as an excuse, and then owned it, saying, "I knew what I was doing." And I know I have to, you know, this is what's going to happen. I'm here. I thought the best line, I'm human. I'm you. I just happen to run a little bit faster. I think the lesson here, Monica, is, is a very simple one. A lot of times we see with a lot of athletes, a lot of sports executives, I think people in general, when you make a mistake or when you do something like this, especially, I don't even know if it's a mistake when you knowingly do it, mm-hmm. is we try to come up with an excuse. We try to uh, skirt accountability and, you know, just create this reason and, you know, it's not my fault, this happened. Mm-hmm. I thought what a great lesson it was for her to stand up there, nervous as she was on national television, and own it the way she did. Mm-hmm. And then just say, I'll be back. I'll be better. I, you know, I'll, I'll be able to, I will run for this country. I will do this in the next Olympics. But I was wrong. This is the rule. I know it. And I have to accept it. It sounds simple, accepting fault. Yep. We don't see it a lot, though. And I thought it was a great example. And sometimes we just overlook this stuff, but we shouldn't in this case. There are two things from this scenario that resonated for me. First of all, the level of grace that she showed, the poise. Poise was a great word, yeah. Unmatched. And so... Immediately, Friday, my only thing on Twitter was that she's handled this with much more grace and poise and accountability than most. So everybody else, please shut up. Like, the bottom line is that she did not ask for anyone to make an excuse for her. She's dealing with the consequences. But the flip side of that, Han, I totally understand rules are the rules. And while I agree that it is something that the IOC probably needs to look at in terms of what is legal, as pointed out during the Today Show interview, weed is legal in Oregon, where she was. It is something that probably needs to be evaluated by the committee in terms of their rules. It also irked me a little bit because here is this 
blatantly talented, unapologetic, bold, braggadocious track star who is blowing competition away, Mm -hmm. who also happens to be a black woman. And yes, the rules are the rules. And I'm not saying that she should be allowed to run in this particular event. But as as the Today Show continued to report, there is a scenario in which she could run in the relays. And what I have found in my experience in this country is, yes, the rules are the rules, but the heavy hand of the rules and the grace that is afforded others in terms of opportunities to find a way to make it work are not necessarily afforded to black women. And so I am not getting on whether or not she broke the rules, because she did break the rules. But I would like to see her be able to have an opportunity to run in the relay. I just don't understand how she's eligible to run in a relay. Listen, I'm, I guess it's, this this is the it's because the suspen- she's suspended and from, this would I think the, it's the test is might be the for the specific event or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I, I guess, but... If there is room... I don't feel like this is an IOC thing. This is a just this is an Olympics I thing. agree. Like, it's a, banned, it's a banned substance. It was found in her system... There, it's it's very, for a lack of a better way to put it, black and white. It's very yeah. simple. It's it's there in print. This is it. This is the rule. I don't feel like there's we're going to choose who we're going to say can and can't race. This was simply, this was found in your system. It shouldn't be. And she said, I knew that. Yes, it is simply that. But the, the caveat. It's the- frustrating, of course, because we should have our best there. And the fact that. That, that marijuana, that cannabis is something that is, is becoming more and more accepted around this country is one thing. But as far as Olympics go, it's not. It's Agreed. not. And I don't understand how it's a performance-enhancing drug. I don't get so that. Someone, but okay. Someone tweeted me the rules, I guess. And a part of it is that they don't want people to hurt themselves if they were inhaling cannabis prior to an event, which I don't necessarily buy. But what I will say is that it, it, strikes a, it just strikes a chord. The rules are the rules. I was a kid that got in plenty of trouble, and the conversation was the rules are the rules. But what I'm, what I'm saying, the part that I could not help think, I understand the rules are the rules, is here is this bold black woman that's bold. Yes, she messed up, but is she going to be afforded any grace? That's all. That's all I was saying. If there's a way to put her in the relay, put her in the relay so because the she is The suspension will be talented. up, so that's why she'd be eligible right. for that. So if she doesn't but, get into the relay, then I'm like, okay, well, what happened? So you're watching that closely just because, I, just I mean, want, don't you I think it's pretty obvious somebody of her speed and talent that you would make sure that you would it want her It sounds like it should be obvious, but there team? are so many things in our country that are obvious say, that don't necessarily go that way. what do you say to the, to, to the runner who was in the relay and now has to Are your speeds out? better than hers in the relay? Okay. Now you're right. It is about competition then, isn't it? Uh, that's the bottom line. Okay. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that the rules should get changed in 30 minutes or 30 days, whatever the suspension no, is. No, no, no. This is not about... Her, like, like we should excuse it. Nobody is saying that. Like, I'm not saying right. she should and be excused. So, I'm saying first, A, I'm surprised that, wait, we're still doing that? Like, I didn't know that was so still yes, something, but, I'm but also, it is. I'm also explaining, I think, why this took off the way that it did via social media, particularly amongst black Twitter, if I can say it candidly, right? Because not only is it now a rule. Because it's not a steroid. Yeah, it's a rule we don't understand, yeah. and it also comes at our expense again. You know what I mean? So there's so many. Monica, I don't know if it's that, though. I'm telling you. In all due respect, it, but, it, but it shouldn't be looked at that way. It's just a rule. It's not a, it, there's no bias in the rule. It's a rule. I'm not saying. I'm telling you. I, I agree with you. The rule is the rule. But yet again, here it is where I feel like not only are the rules set up against me, but now that I am someone who is not necessarily humble. And if she doesn't get put on that relay team, I'm telling you, it's going to be an issue. Well, if you're a coach or whoever makes that decision... It's a pretty easy one. It, it should be, huh? <laughs> right? but, but, and, and again, the, the next step to that, we're not going to do this first thing in the morning. The next step to that, though, is there are so many things that happen in this country under legislative bodies, whether you want to talk about laws, the IOC, whoever, that seem to make perfect sense, that don't necessarily make sense when it comes down to it, and a skin color becomes a part of the conversation. I, I don't, in this, 
And you know, it and you know how I think. I, lo- yes, I don't feel like this. I agree is with that you, but I'm telling you, look in the history books. I'm telling you, based on my experience, there are more times than not when that I don't disagree should never that. come into the conversation. I just don't but know it does. If, if it's this. And, and all I was trying to say is how, and I hate to use it, but I'm a dad, so I use it. How proud I was because <laughs> yes. she's a young girl. We agree. How proud I was with how this was handled. And you say grace, like that's the word I we, use. I mean, I thought I looked at it and I said, what a great example she was. And it makes me now want to root for her more to see her run the yes. relay, like you said. Yes. Like, all right, so get yourself a medal and then come back in the next Olympics and then run in that 100 and win it. We agree. And, and show me that perseverance that I'm rooting for you now to show because you showed that grace and that great example to a whole generation of kids who 100%. are watching to know that, you know what, when you screw up, own it. Own it. Because I will root for you more to come back. I root for the comeback story more than I root for somebody. I root for the cover-up. If I see the cover-up, no, I, I don't buy that me. excuse. Listen to me. You and I agree. The grace, the accountability that she showed, impressive. I love her for that. Right? All I'm saying is moving forward, I want to see if she makes it onto a relay team. Of course. And I can't, I cannot, I can only share my perspective and my experience. I understand. I just felt like, yeah, no, I do. I just feel like this is strictly about a rule that she was aware of. The first part is, yes. Part yeah. A, yes. You blew the rule. You can't right. run in your, your premier event. Part B, but now is you're she going to be able to get everybody's a second watching. Track? Right. You're everybody's saying everybody's watching. watching. Okay. Good stuff there. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by DraftKings. By the way, though, if you have an opinion on this, 888-ESPN, <laughs> We are brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app. Use code KJZ to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So, it's your turn to ask the GM anything as Mike Tannenbaum joins us again. And he is here to take your questions. Again, the number, 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. That comes up after Monica has this from from Goodyear. (laughs) Goodyear knows when the playoffs heat up, so do the possibilities. The underdogs begin to emerge, and top seeds are solidifying their position. From here on out, every game is a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, to hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to build up to the moment, but it takes everything to capture it. Goodyear, more driven. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Michael is in Queens. Michael, what's up, man? And as far as key goes and the diva, key, you're so diva, it's more like Kiva should be your new name. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. That's a, that's a level of disrespect that we never needed to bring back on this show, but apparently we did. You don't look like a lethal shooter. Keith, that's not nice, wherever you are. Hope you're resting on your time away. Mm. You can be a lethal shooter, huh? You give me some Steve Novak energy. We love Novak. I had, I had, some, I had some scoring back in the day. <laughs> I did. I provided some offense in college until the coach decided it was time to put me at the top of the one-two-two and just be the guy running around trapping people. <laughs> Mike, what's your assessment? What number should Han, what football number oh. should Han wear? Oh, my God. Oh, you're like tight end. Football tall. number? Now, Mike hasn't seen me in person, though, so yeah. he doesn't know. I'm not small. He's like, tall. He's a, a big dude over here. He's yeah. tall. What I'm are you, 6'6", six, six, 225. He also was whining yesterday and yeah, said I, I, he could only eat 76 Reese's Pieces. Because <laughs> I'm also he's, old. He's very prissy. The digestive <laughs> system doesn't work the same way. All right, football number, go. But what football number would I wear, Mike? You would be in the 80s. Maybe you'd be that third tight end for the Patriots. You know, they got John O. Smith, Hunter Henry. Maybe you would come in and be, you know, part of that jumbo package. Jumbo, I don't know if I'm there blocking anybody. i got to be honest. I'll make some business decisions out there so that 80 will be off my back pretty quickly. Uh, our, one of our producers, Alan Yates, says 86 precisely is your number. 86? There you go. <laughs> I'd just be happy to have a number. Let, let's go with that. Speaking of numbers, 888 888- 729-3776-888-SAY-ESPN is the number for you to ask the GM anything. Mike T enjoys this. He loves talking to the people. You have questions for him. He's got answers. Let's begin with Lee in Norfolk. He uh, he has a hard knocks question for you. Go ahead, Lee. Hey, Mike. This is Ali from Norfolk. Hey, Mike, um, thanks for taking my call. The question is this. Um, been a Cowboy fan for 40 years, over 40 years, and I keep seeing this stuff that Jerry does. Now we're doing his hard knock stuff again. When can these Dallas Cowboys ever focus on football? It's been 25 years since a conference championship. Now that's the Super Bowl. Um, what do you think is going to happen now? Because I, I just look for another lost season. And by the way, uh, you guys are doing a great job subbing and then subbing out. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you. Thanks, Ollie. Here's a blessing in disguise. I did not want to do hard knocks when I was the GM of the Jets, but Ozzie Newsom, the longtime great general manager of the Baltimore Ravens, told me something that turned out to be true, which is when you have hard knocks, the players will actually practice harder <laughs> because they know that the eyes of the cameras of the whole league is on them. And you could actually have a better training camp. The year that we had hard knocks, we went to the championship game. I think this Cowboy team is much improved for a couple of reasons. Dak Prescott is a top-five quarterback, in my opinion. They could be maybe the best, if not one of the top three offenses overall. And I really believe in Dan Quinn, their new defensive coordinator. Look for them to make a significant improvement on defense. Even if they're not great, even if they're middle of the road, that'll be much better from where they were a year ago. So you have an elite offense and improving defense. I think this is a team that should win the NFC East. I love that, that that all the players are aware the cameras are on. We go to Kyle in Indiana. Kyle has a Dolphins question for you, Mike. Kyle hung up, so no more Dolphins question. <laughs> All right, didn't want to wait. No patience in Miami so or Indiana. 
We go to Mark in Texas on the on the schedule. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, Mike. I wanted to ask you: Where? How did you feel about the uh, extra game for the players? And was there ever an option to just go to an extra bye week and make it an eighteen week season with the sixteen games being played, and just giving them an extra bye week, and maybe even extending that to three bye weeks a year, just to give these players a little bit of a break, a little bit of rest? They're in car wrecks that single week they, they play. I think the extra rest would have been better off, better suited for the league than just an extra game. Yeah, Mark, that's a great point. They went with the extra game because it's more revenue for both the owners and the players. But our colleague at ESPN, Teddy Bruschi, brought up an interesting point, which I think could be true this year, which is as we get to the later games, there's seven teams that make the playoffs. If a team clinches, their seed, whatever it could be, the two seed, the six seed, whatever seed it could be, I think we'll see a lot more veteran players being rested in the regular season. So maybe not exactly like load management of the NBA, but maybe the NFL version of it. So if you have a veteran player like a Tom Brady or Rob Gronkowski, and let's say Tampa is locked into the two seed, they can't go up, they can't go down, I would see coaches like a Bruce Arians telling some of their veterans, hey, you're not playing this week because we're trying to win the Super Bowl. So I think that'll become an interesting part of the narrative. And for all the fantasy football players out there, Mm, boy, I think that's going to make the endings of some of these leagues really interesting, where great players may not be playing, not because of performance, but because of seeding. As Peyton Manning and the Colts helped the Jets that year, as you remember, Mike. Coming up, Jay Will helps us break down Game 1 of the NBA Finals. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.